Welcome to Flute Space, a platform created to show interesting stories related to life as a flutist and discovering inspiring content in form of a podcast. You can catch up with us on our Instagram, at the Flute Space, and you can listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. All these links can be found in our link tree in the description. And if you want to support us, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash thefluteSpace, or you can join us on Patreon. In today's episode, we have an amazing musician talking with us. Being the second flute of Luxembourg Orchestra and many other things at the same time, she talks about how is to manage between work and life, how is to go through big competitions, how is to keep doing auditions when you are not a student anymore, and in general, how to make decisions always listening to ourselves. We will be talking to Ellen Vulek. So we're so happy to be here today in live, not just online, with Hélène Boulegg. Welcome to the Flute Space. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really glad to meet you at last. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. so you're playing a concert today here with your orchestra. And we saw that you started to play an orchestra super early. Um, yeah. How was that for you, combining your studies and... and well... Also? Uh, well, it was 13 years ago, so uh, I just had entered the Paris Conservatory in the first year of the bachelor and my teacher, she heard me play the piccolo and she, uh, she just sent me to the audition like, oh, there's a second flute playing piccolo audition, just go. <sighs> and um, yeah, I won it. <laughs> so uh, hindsight, it, it was easier back then. <laughs> so the first audition is kind of the easiest because there's no pressure. Uh, so I, I started the job. And uh, so first I took a sabbatical from the conservatory for, some, for my uh, trial period. And then... So right at the beginning of your yes. studies. You so started I, and you well, took a break. I started in September. I got the job in January and I started in May. So the second year uh, okay. I, I took off. And, uh, and then I... So I, I went through the trial period and uh, then I did my second year of, ba of bachelor. So in Paris, it's three years only mm -hmm. as a bachelor. And you can theoretically make it in two if you've got all the right points, uh, ECTS thingies. Mm -hmm. So I somehow managed to, to buckle it up in two years mm -hmm. and that was it. And then I, my teacher and me, we, we talked about do I still do the master's or not? And like we agreed that I was taking a a spot for someone with no job and that I should stop uh, for the bachelor after the bachelor so I stopped I, I uh, quit the conservatory after the bachelor and then uh, yeah that was it until I did my first competition in 2013 and I discovered that I was playing the flute but I was not playing playing any music and I decided I needed help with that and I did my master in Karlsruhe in Germany Okay. So I bought a car and I drove back and forth at ungodly hours in the morning, <laughs> drove at five o'clock, had my lesson at nine, came back for the afternoon rehearsal oh or like that in the yeah. evening. And yeah, that sounds super intense. Yeah, but <laughs> it was so exciting, you know, and so hard to learn about music. It, it's much harder to, you know, just put your guts on the table and, and try your best and having a teacher tell you like, no, 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 you're really not, you're just really not, not far. It's just really completely yeah. not right. And then you've got to drive back and you're like, what am I doing wrong? And crying in the car the whole way. And yeah, so, so. Oh my it's God. like you went backwards. You yeah. 
you started already with orchestra and then all of the other things that normally in this kind of oh you do your bachelor you do your master yeah. you do another master another master um but so how how was that kind of combining um orchestral knowledge and things that you were learning on day to day on your job and then combining with flute pieces on your master so um it's hard to say. Uh, just first for the bachelor, which what was interesting is my first year of orchestra, I was not having any lessons. So I just, you know, practiced my flute and my orchestra parts and no repertoire at all. And then when I did my bachelor final exam, uh, I had trouble because I hadn't played repertoire in a long time. And I like, you know, I'm second flute in the orchestra. So uh, it's a very different job from, from first flute. And it's mainly support and all the chords and playing in tune and going with the first, but it's not exactly the same. And so I had spent one whole year without playing with any vibrato, for instance. So that was a surprise when, I, when the final exam came and my church told me, yeah, you played the whole Bartok without vibrato. And I, oh, well, really? Did I do that? <laughs> also to so, suddenly play a solo recital, yeah, actually just like different. spotlight on you and yeah. not... Yeah. So um, during the masters, I was working the music side, so uh, it was different. But as a second flute, it's a very different thing. For, well, anyway, as a first flute as well. But uh, but as a first flute, you still have solos and phrases that you have to lead, and it's a bit more like actually playing flute repertoire. Mm. So um, yeah, it's it's just very different sides of being a flutist. And you mentioned in 2013, you did your first competition. So uh, what was your motivation to do that competition? I, the, the following ones? I had been in the orchestra already almost well, two years at that time when I applied for the competition. And I realized that, you know, I, I had passed through probation and I was 22 and I could just do the same thing for the next 40 years. And uh, and to be honest, I'm lazy. I don't like practicing my food. And if I don't have any special thing making me have to practice, I don't really practice. So uh, I, I, I thought- I think we all know that. <laughs> yeah, so I thought, let's go for a competition. There's Kobe. I'm in love with Japan, as lots of uh, French uh, people are. And I always wanted to go to Japan and let's just go the, to the Kobe competition. And I applied and I was invited. And so I had to practice. And that's how it started. <laughs> Oh. Did it ever feel like oh, I'm applying to COVID competition? Like, oh, this huge. Yeah, that was huge, and also it was the first time I traveled that far, and it's yeah. the other side of the world, the other end of the world, and uh, and you arrive there, and at that time in COVID, no one spoke English, and I was very glad that I had some assimil with Japanese, and that I could at least say a few sentences to ask for something because uh, it was like even at the hotel reception, no one spoke English, so it wow. was really complicated. Uh, and that was probably one of the things that changed me the most in my life, really, because uh, it was an adventure. And also that's when I realized when I, you know, I was sitting in the final round, I had passed to the second round and that was it. And in the final round, there was like, you know, Mathilde Calderini and Sebastian Jaco, and I was sitting there and I listened to them. And that's where I realized like, oh my God, I'm just, you know, I'm, uh, I'm at, uh, I'm still in childcare in, in matter of music. Like I, I've got so many things to learn and mm. thank God I'm not at stage uh, right after them because I would look ridiculous. <laughs> so, yeah, I came back a very different person. 
like uh, I still remember that very vividly. That, it uh, must be yeah. super inspiring to oh, listen yeah. to those kind of people play yeah, and it was and... a huge shock. I came back and it was like really my 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 emotions were in shambles. It was really a very hard time for me to just put all things together again. But how how did you deal with it or how did you continue to work then? Did you change something in your practice? Well, I applied for, I mean, just before Kobe, my, my, one of my colleagues who had studied with Renate Greis in Germany, uh, she, he told me like she's doing a, you know, um, a course, so go there. And, and so I had a couple of lessons with her and I was very enthusiastic. Mm -hmm. And when I came back from Kobe, I called her and I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to audition for the, for the Hochschule because I want to learn music and I think you can help me. <laughs> so yeah, and so I, yeah, I went to Germany and I... Uh, it was really interesting because they had a completely different approach to music and to flute playing. Mm. So, you know, when you, uh, I think Josephine told you more or less the same in the podcast. <laughs> it, it, it was interesting because it's like you arrive at the Paris Conservatory, everyone has a perfect sound, okay. everyone has a perfect technique, and everyone play, can play it very well. There's almost nothing to change flute wise, you know. But the music, like I remember when I was studying in Paris, if you don't have time to practice this week, you just bring a Bach sonata. But the fact is, Bach sonata is that the thing that demands the most practicing, to me at least. And in Germany, like everyone knew how to play a Bach sonata. So maybe the sound was not as perfect, or maybe they were not playing hours of scales every day, but they had an idea about how to phrase. So, so, so yeah, that was a, a big lesson. Wow, so that's a really that's, big difference yeah. also yeah. between the two schools. Like yeah, and that was really uh, humbling uh, for me to just be there and like, okay, I've got a job and everything, but they have an idea about Bach and I have no idea how to play that. <laughs> so yeah. so uh, did you then choose to study in Germany because of this, the master classes and the courses? Yes, or yes. Do you think about going to continue studies in France? No, well, I had, you know, the, one of the reasons I quit the conservatory was that the administration uh, was a bit of a pain but uh, you have to be there or you're yeah not you have to do the orchestra so like i have to i had to tell them a couple of times you know i have like an, an orchestra job so i don't really need to do the orchestra <laughs> sessions of the orchestra so oh my God, like you would have to take off a week of your real job to yeah, do exactly the same just there. Um, yeah they were a bit of a pain with chamber music and uh, yeah so it was complicated so i decided never again <laughs> and also i really i mean uh, i spoke german and i i had always wanted to go to germany so i thought it was a perfect opportunity to yeah. to actually discover what i mean it sounds like. like you got another view yeah and absolutely and i think that's really um like a special special yeah. thing yeah i think as musicians to change countries and yeah, and ways of seeing the music at some point in our studies is really exciting and empowering. So, um, kind of on the topic with that, uh, what is your dream country or city to live in? Oh gosh, I you know I have asked myself this question a lot of time <laughs> because uh, because of auditions and things. And the thing is, actually now that I've been in Luxembourg so long and it it's changed so much, and now I'm a mom, I I wouldn't change it. Like Luxembourg is really, really great. So yeah, that's great. I mean, it could yeah. be a better answer. Actually. Yeah, no, no, that's really <laughs> yeah. So that's nice. Well, we were talking about competitions before, and do you think nowadays that actually all the competitions have like pre-selection rounds through video? Do you think it gives like 
more opportunities or less opportunities for people to get into competitions? I think uh, it has good and bad sides. It's the same thing for auditions now. My orchestra does that with auditions. I have uh, me and a couple of colleagues have battled against that fervently mm. and lost the battle, so lost the fight. Uh, I think it's it's good because uh, competitions and auditions are very expensive mm -hmm. and not everyone can afford to just go and maybe get out after one round. Um, yeah, it's a pity to sit in a train or a plane and then you play three minutes and yeah, it's over. Yes, and uh, that being said, not everyone has the same setup to record. We all know that. and. Mm. Um, and I think it makes a difference. So, of course, when we listen, when we watch videos, I mean, I've been in a jury of uh, such competitions a couple of, a couple of times. We, we do see the difference between what's, uh, what has to do with the sound, uh, the sound technique or, mm -hmm. or not. But still, at very high levels, like these, these international competitions, like Kobe or uh, Geneva right now, I mean, it's hard to, I think it's hard to, nothing can replace being in person so yeah i mean if then the people who pass the pre-selections can go there and they are they, they are being supported financially wise and then that's a reason for it why not but mm -hmm. i think yeah nothing can beat being there in person so because the stage presence of i course. don't think it's going through with, with the video so, yeah. there's a lot of things that you can only feel yeah. in the same room. Yeah, yeah, no, it's I'm I'm glad I I did the competitions before COVID time, and I I find it uh, a pity now that it's all on video. But also for some people, uh, they wouldn't be invited otherwise. Mm -hmm. Like auditions, for example. Now in my orchestra, we have everyone can apply, and we watch the video, and then we maybe with a resume they wouldn't get invited, but with the video they are great, so we just invite them. So. It has, yeah, And about the preparation process for the auditions, um, how different is it from the process, the preparation process for competitions? Huh. Maybe, yeah, with the video in mind or maybe without the video. Well, uh, I never did with video myself, so it's hard to say, but even with or without it, the same thing that competitions or auditions are very different things. First, competitions, you have huge repertoire. I mean, you, you also have lots of repertoire for auditions and depending on the orchestra, they have huge lists in France. They are like crazy with, uh, with your list. Yeah. Like the hardest excerpts. I, I, I don't get French orchestras, really. Yeah. I mean, like it's uh, the only people who have time to do could do go through all these uh, excerpts or students who have nothing else to do. So students who don't have to, to teach, to, to, to get by or like it's very yeah. discriminatory especially for solo flute jobs all of them are saying like we want people with experience you can't get someone with experience with such a huge program because yeah. people with experience are busy working so yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's yeah. also yeah. it's also in other countries and yeah. other instruments okay. yeah. i mean it's really like you get a book oh yeah yeah, but it's true that if for Germany or Austria, for example, yeah, it's, it's not like that no, at all. it's standard. Like it's like really normal, just yeah. from the normal, from the Probespiel book. Absolutely, from... and that's perfect. You don't need anything fancy. You mm. don't need some weird excerpt or concerto or, or etude. Or, no one needs that. Mozart concerto shows it all. You don't need anything else. 
and yeah anyway. but why do you think is that actually that in france i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> i have no explanation for that <laughs> really for me it doesn't make sense so yeah mm. uh but that being said that uh, french orchestras are great and they play very well <laughs> and the level is very high but uh yeah i mean it's a very weird process yeah uh so auditions and competition i i think for a competition so some very gifted people who don't need a lot of time to to prepare new pieces will tell you otherwise but i need a lot of time to prepare my program so for competitions i would start to prepare at least six months before like as soon as you've got the program and you apply you just get get on with it because first of all you never know what's going to happen between now and your competition you maybe will get uh freelancing like crazy or you, you just don't won't have time to practice and you need to you know to just yeah get the materials through your body your brain your 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 guts your everything it needs to to be you the music so so it takes time in my opinion and uh and auditions of course you need to prepare uh, them beforehand uh if it's not your first audition then you or after a while the preparation process is easier because you've played them a hundred of times already they accept so it's uh you just you just like quote <laughs> air quotes you just need to be very fit and to you know know the excerpt and uh, what the first auditions of course you need a lot of time to prepare for them after a while it's it's a matter of being fit and knowing exactly where your weaknesses lie mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. still arriving kind of fresh at the audition like so, oh my god another beethoven leonor oh i can't I, I can't play that anymore i hate it yeah. if, if you feel that way it, yeah i think they're gonna hear it yeah <laughs> so, i think yeah. it's dangerous for people that really are in like a audition process doing oh, yeah. a lot of auditions yeah. being like one week here one week there traveling all oh, the yeah. time then yeah. to not I, be yeah. tired yeah i think like... you need to pick your battles it's very important i mean i've done a lot of auditions like really after my first audition mm -hmm. uh, i i did it like yeah in the last years especially and uh, I think you need to pick your battles because it takes a lot out of you. Well, it's expensive. So if you're a student, it's complicated to find the funds. Uh, it takes a lot of energy. And especially uh, if it doesn't go well, it's really hard on you. It's really, really hard. And, uh, and so that's why you, you need to pay attention to your health, your mental health. Yeah, and also your, your energy yeah. balance. Yes, and absolutely. That's very true. Well, we could follow your audition process on your social media. Um, why did you decide to share it? Because, you know, social media, I love it. Uh, but also, uh, we need to be careful with it because 99% of people share just the nice part of their life, which is their right and which is absolutely fine. And of course, I want to share what's going on well as well you know but uh but uh it's not life <laughs> life is not all shiny and sparkles and uh, and princess princess dress for a concert um and it's not only winning and you know uh i think it's so important to to show students and also not only students but other people that uh, as a resume and what you see is what we want to show but there have been battles lost before that and there have been dark places and dark moments and and lots of self-doubt and lots of work on oneself and uh, 
and sometimes it works and that's great but uh, sometimes it doesn't and I think especially from people who have won things it's uh, it's good to know that they also can lose <laughs> and they also have moments where they think they are they are not gonna w make it work mm. because uh, as a student uh, it's been very important for me to to know that uh, other people were also going through hard times and uh, yeah. yeah so I want to share that yeah. I think it's important did it's you super important mm. I think yeah for all of us because it's so easy to get frustrated yeah especially when you're a student and maybe you see yeah people winning yeah. jobs and constantly, constantly yeah. posting yeah I'm so happy to share that yeah this happened and this happened yeah and they don't share that maybe they yeah. played the wrong note and they have been you know uh thinking about quitting and or like the colleague has maybe said something not really nice and yeah. they have been like not sleeping over it and yes. so they don't share that and if you were a person that not that doesn't have anything happy to share on social media at that time it can be exactly. hard on you but yeah, yeah yeah i mean i think we're all going kind of through the same experiences at least like emotionally and yeah how attached we are to what we're doing so then it's yeah it's difficult to see that like oh no other people struggle as well it's not just me it's fine yeah, yeah. but kind of on the topic of that what kind of feedback did you get um from yeah from sharing your process oh from sharing my process yeah. i like uh hundreds of messages saying thank you you know the the most honest post I've done. It's 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 probably lost on the internet somewhere. But uh, when I uh, so I don't know if you know my whole story, but I was principal student at the radio in Stuttgart for one year, and I didn't pass probation, uh, which was tough. <laughs> so I came back to Luxembourg. Thank God I still have my I had my job there. But uh, so after I didn't pass the trial, I had to you know announce it on social media, yeah. which I waited a couple of months to do because I needed to you know, be able to talk about it without just crying my eyes out. Um, and I just I decided to share honestly that, OK, I hadn't I haven't passed my trial. And that's uh, that came as a surprise to me. And uh, it was really tough because, you know, so when you don't win an audition, ideally, you try not to take it personally because it's never personal. Yeah. But when you win the audition and then you play with people for one year and they just say, okay, no, sorry, that not, that's not yeah. working. Then of course it's it, hard to not take yeah, it. Yeah, it's hard to not take it personally, despite what they say. Uh, and with it, like, it's nothing personal. It mm -hmm. has to be a match. You know, it's chemistry. It's like uh, any relationship. It has to work out. And uh, now um, I know that, uh, but it, it, it was really hard. And I, I decided to write about it because I, I mean, I, like people would wonder anyway and mm. I wanted to you know just share that okay I'm, I'm devastated it's hard that being said I was thankful for this year I learned a lot and people had been really really nice with me uh, all the time until the very end and I, I'm very grateful for that um, uh, and so I shared that and it was really hard and I I, I got in like one day like hundreds of messages and someone like can I translate it in Chinese for my blog and can I translate it in Spanish for my blog and can I share it with my student and can it was crazy it was really really crazy and uh and so many people saying thank you so much I just went through that and that and I thought like I, I've been feeling so down and now I see you that you, you won this huge competition and still and you won this audition and still it didn't work out and you're sharing that and and it so yes and then i'm just sharing when it's really hard so not everything uh but i had been sharing mostly everything until i i, I had my baby and uh because 
I think it's important when you see how grateful people are to just feel like they are not alone in the struggle. It's yeah. just, I think it's so important. Yeah. yeah. You created an honest space. Yes, absolutely. And you know, I've been like, we all know social media full of trolls and haters and, and I'm prepared for that. It's, it still hasn't come to this day. And that's actually quite surprising that yeah. no one ever wrote a weird or a hateful message to me yet. So, yeah. I think it's, I mean, yeah, I think it's hard to, when you get something so honest. And also, I mean, we know people who've had trials or we've heard people who've had trials and who haven't passed them mm. in, you know, wondered why not. Yeah. They're yeah. incredible. They got the job, mm -hmm. but only for a short amount of time. And yeah i guess it's chemistry it's like an organism the yeah. orchestra and you have to so many things come come in in play into play and i've seen that a lot since i'm back in luxembourg because we also had people passing or not passing through trials and it's such a hard process also with auditions you know when you're in the jury you also see like oh that's why we never orchestras never take anyone for this job because it's just The woodwinds want that, and the strings want that, and the concertmeister wants that, and the conductor wants that, and maybe the oboists want that, and and like no one wants the same thing, and oh, it's the same yeah. probation, and yeah, it's it's just you need you need luck to win and to pass, and I mean not only luck, of course, you need to be prepared mm. and to do your best, and also like the social skills come into play because you mm. need to have to I mean uh, I want to play with nice people that I love and I trust and uh, and I think everyone wants that so that's also important and so much of it isn't in your hands and uh, it's yeah it's kind of terrifying <laughs> but also relieving somehow that sometimes it's just not your fault which is also why in auditions we can't take it personally because so much of it hasn't anything to do with how you play so it's really crazy That's yeah. such an important message that I think you cannot hear enough times to yeah. really get yeah, it into really. your brain and know. Yeah. No, it's yeah. like, I mean, it's a, actually orchestra is a really big group project and everyone needs to agree. And yeah. that's kind yeah, of impossible. Like, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But so, in the moment, it's really hard to be objective because yes. it's so, so close to us. And exactly. it's a subjective it thing. So much energy yeah. and yeah. time and effort and yeah. like your whole heart, you just pour it there yeah. and they're exactly. just like, oh, sorry, no. Yeah, and yeah. you feel devastated. I mean, at some point after a couple of auditions that went not well at all, I felt like the worst human being. I felt like I was worthless. I mean, why does an audition for principal flute make me worthless as a human being? There's no reason. Yes. Uh, why, why, do, why do we come so far, you know? And I think that's because yeah. we just do something that we really love, musicians, yeah. no? And then it's hard to like really separate, oh, this is my job, my profession, and exactly. this is me, my yeah. personal... And what like... we manage, what we achieve or don't achieve, don't, doesn't define us. And that's so important. And that's one thing that I actually wrote in my post, in this famous post. Mm -hmm. That's what our failures don't define us. And uh, really, it's, it's just... Me being a first prize of Kobe doesn't define me, and me fail, fail, failing through the probation doesn't define me as well. It's just I'm just so much more than the first prize and someone who didn't pass trial. I'm just this is so much more exciting what I have to offer than just that, you know. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. And that's the same thing for everyone. We are not we are not our victories and we are not our our defeats. We are just human beings, and it's it's got nothing to do with how well or unwell we do in auditions. 
And one thing I want to say about that is competitions like auditions. Um, of course, if you win, it means you play well, obviously, but not winning doesn't mean that you don't play well. And really the opposite isn't true. It's just some people don't pass first round and they play incredibly yet it's just not what the people are looking for yeah. and it's not to the taste of the jury and it has nothing to do with your worth as a musician either so if you win you play well obviously and if you don't win you still probably play very well <laughs> so yeah yeah so it's important i think yeah well thank you for saying that also yeah um another question was um how different were your expectations for your career during pregnancy and after the birth of your baby? And what <laughs> ways did they change? <laughs> so it's just day and night. Like, uh, you know, of course, uh, I had been thinking about being a mom for quite some time. And then I didn't pass through, through, through trial. And I was like, I want a principal food job again. So I auditioned and I auditioned and it was not working. And I always, almost always went to the final run. It, didn't work out, didn't work out. And then we went into lockdown and during lockdown, everything stopped. So I finally had time to think and I was like, okay, how much longer do I wait? No one can promise me I can get another job. So I know people with babies and they still win jobs. I don't know a lot, mind you, but <laughs> I know some and I know people with babies and they have a career and they can do everything. So I can make it work. I if I want to, and if I have the support needed, I can make it work because you need support. Spoiler alert, you need lots of support as a mom. <laughs> I like a supportive partner is the number one thing to have, which I, I do. I'm very grateful for that. And so, yeah, we, we had a baby <laughs> and I was pregnant and I auditioned during the pregnancy in my first and my last trimester. I remember watching those Instagram stories. Oh yeah, and I was, I was like, very wow, pregnant. What a hero! Really. Yeah, and I, I looked huge. Lots of people kept asking me if I had twins. You know, I was really huge. <laughs> We're all very different with pregnancy, and I had the most perfect pregnancy ever. Like I could, I auditioned three weeks before I gave birth, and I was supposed to audition three days after I gave birth because my baby came early and it was like really like do I go to this audition or not I might actually have the baby under the highway so do I go or not but I'm really fit and I know the program and I felt like I could do anything I was Wonder Woman like really I mean I could just climb my six flights of stairs every day and I it was being pregnant was amazing it's not that way for every woman and for every pregnancy but I was really lucky so I felt like no problem I'm I'm prepared, I'm ready, baby can come, I still can play the flute. I had the concerto three months into motherhood. <sighs> and I, I felt like, yeah, I can do it. Okay, let's come, let's come. And um, as powerful as I felt during the pregnancy, I felt uh, hopeless during the postpartum. It went really badly. <laughs> so baby came and I was, so I was not diagnosed with postpartum depression. But yeah, the, I'm still wondering yeah. about that. <laughs> so yeah, it was really hard. And um, so I had this concerto to play and I was so scared about my career, my career, I want to still play, to still do that. And I and in the first year of my baby's life, I auditioned four times, which is the most I've done oh. in one year ever. Oh my God. And it was the least prepared auditions of the history of music, I'm sure. <laughs> like really, I, I just didn't have time or energy to play. I was not sleeping. Oh my God, a sleepless night. <laughs> And uh, I was so tired. And uh, out of the four auditions, I went three times in the final round. Amazing. Two times I took so no one. What is <laughs> so the message behind this? To never prepare? Or? Yeah, no, but you know, it's just like, 
autopilot. Like, yeah. you know, I was like, there are also lots of hormones going in your body at the yeah. beginning of postpartum when I was still uh, nursing as well. And, and you just don't think because you're too tired to think. And thinking is actually quite a problem sometimes, you yes, know? Yes, huh? for sure. So... So yeah, it somehow worked well because also I had practiced the excerpt so much and uh, but not well enough. And then I I realized I I didn't want to spend all my time practicing. And also for concert, it was really hard. It's lot a lot of stress and a lot of pressure. And I I could do it all. I mean, I did everything that was planned, uh, the auditions and the concert I had. Mm -hmm in the first year and then in the second and uh, and now I'm realizing that uh, maybe that's not what I want mm -hmm. so that's that's a surprise yeah. <laughs> so that I was yeah I can do everything you know I mean I've got this example of Julia Turel she's got two sons she's got this amazing career she's principal for just being everywhere all the time and and her husband is Benoit Fromager who's also not you know just saying staying at home doing nothing so uh so i was like she can do it why couldn't i and uh well i i can't so we're all different it's hard to accept that i can't but i also don't want to so that, that, that's a surprise it's uh so i decided last year and it's the first time i actually addressed that officially oh. <laughs> so <laughs> that i'm i'm not gonna audition anymore wow. outside of luxembourg because as a mom I want my son to grow up in Luxembourg, to speak the four languages that everyone speaks in Luxembourg, to have this school in Luxembourg, which is amazing, to have this healthcare in Luxembourg, which is amazing. Uh, my partner is Luxembourgish, she's got a new job, uh, which is why I started thinking about stopping auditioning because he had, be, he had been following me around and now I think it was my turn to just, okay, he's got the job of his life. And he told me, yeah, if you want to audition, I'll follow you again. But can I do that to him? I mean, he followed me. I had my chance in Stuttgart. Didn't work out. So I think, yeah, fair is fair, you know. And what drove you to, I mean, to do those four auditions in one year? Because I really wanted to be a principal flute. I still mm -hmm. would, I still do. I, but but what do I want more? It's, it's a question of priorities. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I want most is uh, having a great life and what's a great mm -hmm. life like I think th this definition is different from people to people and now of course I would love to be a principal foot and when my colleague retires I do my very last audition and it's gonna be the worst <laughs> but uh, but I want to be in Luxembourg most and uh, also the orchestra is amazing the work conditions are amazing my I probably have the nicest colleagues in the world like this orchestra is such such a warm and caring orchestra and like that's so important when you're feeling down when you have a hard time it's so important and so yeah i decided to stop auditioning and uh, yeah it's uh, it's a bit of grieving to do around that but uh, i mean i'll have one last chance and we'll see what happens and if it doesn't work out then it was not meant to be and um you know after a while you audition and you go very far and it's not working ah ask yourself why so after you know five or six final runs and it's not working it's like okay what's the problem maybe the problem is that i still miss something and i i know exactly what i need to work on for my flute playing mm -hmm. but maybe the problem is also that i don't really want it mm -hmm. you know i mean it's it can be lots lots of yeah, different things but i've been wondering and i think well, perhaps yeah. also like if i mean uh, you can take a break 
Yes. You, you, you know, you can you can't really say never. Please don't say yes. never. No, no, because yeah, you, you can come back to it. Break. But it's a very, like, maybe it feels like yeah. settling to yes. just say, okay, I'm not putting this pressure like putting anymore. Yes. Weight like, off your exactly. yeah. And you know, I've taken this decision almost one year and a half ago now. And I've never regretted it. So it, That's it, really good. It's, uh, of course, it makes me a bit sad. and But I feel just so much better. And lots of, co like, some colleagues have told me, oh, you look happier now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But <laughs> I, I just, think it's yeah. also just about, like, a finding a balance. And yes. as you say, like, if everything in Luxembourg yes. is so great and you yeah. enjoy living there, it would be a pity to give up everything yes. to move to a new Something city, a new country, and don't know anyone. going through trial again, like, uprooting everyone again yeah. to maybe come back again. And uh, do I want that that badly? No. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't do that to my partner also. I mean, he never asked me to, but mm -hmm. I feel like like I had my turn and now it's it's normal and I, I never regretted it. And uh, yeah, so I'll give everything when the audition comes next year, probably in my Ooh, orchestra. We but, will uh, fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, maybe I, I might still change my my mind after, mm -hmm. but I'm not yeah. getting any younger. So, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, arguably if, in pregnancy, in the height of pregnancy, you can do everything that you've done. I think that's very motivational. Yeah, yeah. no, but and also, you know, I mean, there are stories, like, I mean, Sylvia Caredou got the, the job as a national orchestra in France, like, uh, yeah, two years ago, I think, uh, like, my mm -hmm. uh, it was my last trimester, so it was my last audition in pregnancy. I mean, I think anything is possible, you yeah. know, just, uh, it's not easy. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, so. Well, we can move on to the audience questions yeah, um, sure. we ask yes. people. We got super interesting questions from the audience, actually. Maybe we can start because we didn't have time to talk with you about it in yeah, the regular episode. So one person asked you, and we're also wondering, what made you want to record the complete works of <laughs> Jolivet? Ah, so, uh, and P.S. Your cinq incantations are my favorite. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh, after Kobe... So it's a long story, but when I come, came back from Kobe, uh, like a CD label just wrote to me and asked, do you want to record? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then she told me, okay, that's going to be 10,000 euros. I'm like, what? <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> so because I had no idea about recording codes and things. So then, you know, I asked around and someone uh, had a contact who is uh, very connected and he told me, yeah, do we want to record for a German label? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I have... I, didn't think about it by myself and say oh yeah because i know naxos blah 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 and then then i started thinking about you know what repertoire do i want to record so for me it was obvious i had two choices either you know like carmen and this kind of thing that's a very audience friendly and like you can have a picture of you with a red dress on the cover and it's gonna <laughs> sell very well or record what you play best and i think what i play best is Jolivet. And uh, it's the music that I, like, I, of course, it's really hard. But whenever I play it, no matter how tired or exhausted I am and how tiring it is to play, it just gives me so much energy back. And there's something very primitive about this music, which is what, what, what I was looking for. And it makes me so... So I don't even know what word to use. I just I just really love it so much. It's uh, it's it resonates with me like really deep within. So 
I wanted to record the chandelinos and incantations, and also I want Kobe with a with a concerto. So, yeah. So I wanted to record the pieces with piano and uh, yeah, and for solo flutes. And then you know, so Naxos agreed, and then I met with a sound engineer. Well, the sound engineer is also more than that but so yeah mm. with Marco Battistella and we were talking having a, a chat and a coffee and I, then I, I made a joke and I was like yeah and then maybe in 10 years we'll do the second CD with all the chamber music works and the concerto and he, was, he went like oh but no that's a great idea let's do that yeah sure okay. let's do that let's find all the money <laughs> so yeah so yeah that was a point that uh, I, I had to work on but uh so that's how it went uh it was a joke <laughs> so i was like yeah let's do it let's do the whole thing and uh and we recorded the whole thing and it was so hard <laughs> like really 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 hard and, and also then you know repertoire. yeah and it was planned and then i went to the audition in stuttgart and i had to move and i was on trial and it was all at the same time and uh because it's always all at the same time yeah always it's, it's never in the few weeks that you have no, nothing no, no it's always <laughs> everything at the same time and it was like really really tough and also normally you record music that you've played a hundred times in a concert and I had never played these pieces, so we just recorded them, you know? <laughs> so it was really a lot of stress. Probably like the hardest thing I ever had to do, professionally wise, because since then I, I, I had a baby and that's much harder. <laughs> but, uh, but no, really, it was such a stress. I, I've been traumatized. Like, I never <laughs> want to record ever again. <laughs> really. Uh, but it's. Uh, but I'm so glad I did that. It's just, I played all of Jolifa's music. It's amazing. I, oh it is gosh. incredible to say. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, and I then don't think I a lot of people can no. say that. <laughs> yeah, Maybe but, no one. But, you know, I, I understand it so much better now. Yeah. And it's, oh, God, it's, it's amazing. And I, I could just play it every day of my life. And now your cities are a reference point. For yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know who's going to be the next to record the whole thing. I think la the last one was uh, Valad and it was in 95, I think. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so it's a long time ago. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Another person asked, how do you organize your life working in an orchestra? Um, they mean the schedule of study, preparing your repertoire. Yeah, that's a tough one because on the paper, when you have orchestra rehearsals, well, it depends on the orchestras. In Stuttgart, we only had uh, from 9.30 to 2.30 rehearsal. So on the paper, it's lots of time to practice still. And in Luxembourg, we have a morning and afternoon rehearsal. So theoretically, you have lots of time to practice. Uh, thing is, after the rehearsals, like my brain is fried. And I just really don't want to practice anymore. But luckily, I'm a morning person. So before I had a baby, I was at the Philharmonie very early, like 7, 7.30. And I would practice two hours or two and a half before the rehearsal. And I mean, two and a half hours is already plenty of time. Mm -hmm. Like, unless you have a massive competition and you need more time, then, I mean, you also need to practice in the evening. Um, but for normal concert preparation, if you organize yourself well in advance, that's enough to, to practice what you have to practice. Uh, what I do now, because I can't arrive that early anymore, is that uh, I eat my lunch in 15 minutes during the break in the morning. So that's not fun. And then the break, uh, the lunch break, which is one hour and a half between the two rehearsals, I practice. So I don't so see my colleagues. I don't go to the restaurant with them, and you I play just, nonstop. Just yes, that's it. So it's a bit hard and uh, yeah, tiring. But uh, I mean, I come early in the morning to do my warm up mm -hmm. anyway, 
I'm, I arrive at nine, I warm up, I have my coffee with my colleagues. I, at least I see some people for 20 minutes in the day and then, you know, I practice and after the rehearsal are done, I just go home and pick up my son. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah, oh, that's, that's intense. Yeah, that's intense. But uh, I mean, when I don't have concerts to practice for, it's I don't need to be as strict with it, and uh, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. So another person is asking, what are your flute and piccolo, and how did you choose them? Well, I'm guessing the brand. So yes. What brand is your so flute? my piccolo, the magic flute, I had for my 18th birthday, and I it's a Philip Hamming. And uh, I love it. And I uh, I just picked it in Paris. Uh, at the time it was Cadino, he's retired now, but uh, just I just fell in love with it. And I have tried many piccolos since then and no, not one was better than mine, so not for me at least. And my flute is a Muramatsu PTP, which I have a complicated relationship with. <laughs> uh, it's my fourth head joint, I think, for the instrument, mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm, I've been looking for a new flute for quite some time. And every time I think I've found something, I just bring it back to Luxembourg. I try it out for a couple of days and I, no. <laughs> so, because my PTP is just great. Just now, I, I mean, I, I, have it, I have had it for 13 years. Like I just bought it before the audition in Luxembourg. And- uh, So it's also a bit of your lucky flute. Exactly, <laughs> I won Luxembourg, Kobe and Stuttgart with it. <laughs> But I was a very different flutist at the time. And now I, I love it. I love because the sound is so dark and I love that. But when I play first flute in the orchestra, I don't come through mm -hmm. because I miss uh, the high harmonics, which is probably one of the things that didn't help me in Stuttgart. But um, so I'm looking for something else, but uh, it's hard to find because then either it's too bright and I hate it mm -hmm. because I don't, don't want to play like bling, very, very brilliant. Mm -hmm. and. Or it's just very bright, but it doesn't have a lot of body in the sound. And my PTP has a lot of, lots of body in the sound. I can just push it a lot and I love that. So it's really complicated. So we'll see what happens. So far, I'm sticking with it, uh, looking for something else, but still uh, looking, uh, still sticking with it. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a great flute. So. Nice. Sophia Neugebauer asked the question. Do you like the format of international food competitions? I mean, I can't complain. Obviously, it's easy for me to say I won one. But uh, I mean, I've done five competitions. And uh, yeah, I mean, how do you want to do them otherwise? I mean, like with auditions, I it's complicated, like lots of different uh, things, you know, depending on the country. With competitions, it's more or less the same every, everywhere. Well, it was before we came to COVID and videos, at least. And I think it's well done. Um, some people are really unlucky with the first run on CD. Um, but then again, not everyone can have the same setup to record. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't see how we could do it differently, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think that's all for the regular questions and audience questions. And now we have the most important part, uh, which is fire, fire questions. questions. Um, it's something we ask everyone. Um, so we'll ask you three. Okay. Um, what soundtrack would you choose for your life? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, it would have to be some Jolivet, I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, you can, yeah, well, I mean, if you put the five incantations, you can't have everything on it. But, uh, I mean, some track of my life. I don't know. I should put Jolivet in a movie soundtrack. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. Probably... Yeah, Sean Lenos is not very joyful. So I'm, I'm still a happy person, you know, so that wouldn't <laughs> fit. But I don't know. That's a good question. Huh? Something that goes all over the place very fast because I talk a lot and very fast, as you probably <laughs> noticed by now. I don't know. Maybe a Paganini Caprice. Okay. No, I love, you know what, Beethoven 7th, the first movement. Oh, that's okay. a very nice choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the next fair question is, are you a dog's or a cat's person? Oh, cat, for sure. <laughs> I really don't like that dogs. That was very fast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't like dogs and I, I grew up with cats, so yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which piece would you record with your favorite orchestra? I mean, I already recorded the Jolivet Concerto. I think now I would like to tackle the Iber one. Yeah. Okay. Well, nice. Hopefully that happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We would love to hear it. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much well, my for really. having this talk with us. I think you said so many very important things that are, well, important to remember for mm. young flutists and very important topics to talk about. So yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Pleasure.